Good morning, North Central University Chapel. Lindsay, thanks for that introduction. It's great to be with you. I was thinking about it as we prepared for this message. North Central University, we're both alumni. And this chapel specifically has been, this has been a place where God's marked our life. Chapel has significantly impacted the trajectory of where God has us and our future. These altars are a place where we can meet with God. I think of our friends in the balcony where I used to sit daily in chapel. Special shout out to you. I really think God's going to move in your life. And like Lindsay said, we're Josiah and Micah. And I have to say that my special place in this place was this balcony on Fridays from 12 to 1 when I did not know Josiah and I was praying for my future spouse. So there is prayer in our, there's power in our prayers, there's power in our fasting, and a fasting is learning how to die to self to truly hear the voice of God. And I'm not saying I sat up there and I got a husband because of what I did, it's because of what God can do in and through you when you lean into him and God is preparing this ground in this place. So our prayer today is that your hearts are being tilled and the soil in your life is being fertilized while you're here. You may feel like this is an incubator, but guess what? This is the playground that you get to learn and discover and uncover who you are and who God is in this day and age and how that can be applied to whatever your calling is, no matter where you're going to be in 10 years, five years, 50 years from now, God can mark and make you a disciple in this place when you let him do that. So, Thank you so much for having us. Like Lindsay said, uh, we lead the Young Adults Today nonprofit organization. We are about one and a half years old, and we're just ordinary people serving an extraordinary God and said, Lord, here we are. How can we best serve the generations to come? And that is where Young Adults was birthed out of. It was birthed out of a passion, and it was us coming before the Lord saying, God, build in us a heaven-minded, kingdom-minded urgency. And that's where Young Adults Today came from. And we have an honor and a privilege not only to lead the 18 to 30-year-olds, but also the 30-year-olds and beyond who might be the pastors who are overseeing whatever that form of ministry is and looks like. And aside from ministry, we have an honor and a privilege of being married for six and a half years. We have two little girlies up there on the screen. There is Aurora Ray, who's up there. She's our older daughter. She is three. And then Avalon Rose is the one we're swinging. So she is two. So we have the honor and privilege of not only leading the next generation, but having the alpha generation currently in our home. And we have two podcasts, like Lindsay said, one is a Young Adult Today podcast, that is specifically for the leaders, where we get to kind of lean into the theologians, the authors, some very thought leaders who are leading significant ministries throughout the world and globe. And then we have the FYI podcast, which is specifically designed for the 18 to 30 year old who is wrestling down the adulting questions in life. And because we're our ordinary people serving an extraordinary God, we got an email from Spotify and a couple other places where you can find uh, the podcast saying that both both podcasts, one is in the top 5% globally, and the other one is in the top 2.5% globally. Now, that doesn't sound very impressive, but guess what? There are over 3.85 million podcasts the world can listen to, and they're tuning into what God is wanting to do through people like you. So we're super excited about that. And we just wanted to have some fun and speak your language for a second, which is Instagram. So yes, you have permission in chapel to go on Instagram for a second. Um, You know, we're just gonna, we we have the microphone, we can set the tone for a second. 
If you go to Young Adults today on Instagram, we would love to hear from you. There is a um, Dropbox where you can send in questions about faith, about life, about theology, about adulting, relationships, finances, and um, we'd love to select some of those for the FYI podcast. February is fun. We're going to go into a series the whole month on FYI on Micah's favorite topic, which is relationships, love, sex, dating, waiting, the importance of it all. So we're going to have some fun with that. Hey, tell them the vision real quick. The vision of why we do what we do is comes from Psalms 145.4, and one generation is to tell the next about the marvelous deeds of Christ and God. And that is truly why we lean into that. And one way that you can join us in that process is actually in May, every May, this will be the fifth year, right? The fifth year, we'll be at Lake Geneva in the month of May, where you get to join other young adults who are in the exact sta- same stage of life as you. So over 250, 270 young adults gather every single May for two and a half days just to experience healing, forgive their parents, tackle down some of those strongholds that have been holding them back and holding them down and holding them hostage. And we've seen incredible, miraculous acts of God. So we just want to extend the invitation to you if you're available in the month of May to join us at Lake Geneva. It's amazing. And if you're taking notes, if you're of the note-taking variety, um, we're in Judges chapter 6 this morning. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, then Judges. Judges chapter 6. And the title of the talk this morning is going to be The Type of Person God Can Use. Because our prayer, our hope, is that we would be the type of people that God can use. That in these moments and in these years of your life, And the mission that God has you on assignment right here in these seats at North Central University, where we've been, where we're journeying together. Our prayer is, if if we could pray one prayer for every student, is that you'd become to be the type of person that God can use. Um, And we're going to talk about that and to do that. You know, on Apple Music or Spotify, you know how you have like your jam, your playlist? Anybody show of hands? You have your playlist, your, your jam. Okay, the story of Gideon has been my jam. Like our, we've just been orbiting in this year the, the story and the study of Gideon's life. And just to back up, to set the table with some context, you have the people of God and their kind of MO is, is they serve Yahweh in the Old Testament. They serve the one true God. They have a relationship with him. Then he does good things for them. Hence, they forget God, they start worshiping idols, and they wind up in slavery, whether it's with Pharaoh in Egypt, and then God raises up Moses to lead the people of God on the Exodus, the journey out of and into the promised land, out of, out of the Exodus. And, and then I think of how Joshua, it, like Moses isn't able to go as far. He can see the promised land, but then Joshua leads the people into the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. And what's wild is in Judges 6, what has transpired is once again, there's no Moses, there's no Joshua, there's some judges, and the judges are, are raised up for a few short years each to lead the people of God and really to, to tear down idols, to do different things like this. Well, the Midianites have been beaten up on the Israelites, so much so that for seven years, day and night, people like Gideon have been hiding in captivity. Verse 11, we're going to pick up, and it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in 
Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's all up like, Who's this? Excuse me, what? And, and he goes on to have this conversation I am the least of my tribe. I am the, the lowest tribe. I, I'm the least of all of these. And, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel. He goes, am I not sending you? And, and Gideon goes into this dialogue. I don't know if you've ever had a, a, a moment where God's visited you and, and you kind of have the dialogue like Moses had where, um, God, I've got some excuses. I'm not good at talking. I'm not good at communicating. Well, then he sends Aaron to be the voice piece. It, there's a history of any time God meets somebody, even if he says, rise up, mighty man of valor. He's like, pardon me, my Lord. How can I save you? Israel. I'll be with you. Well, well, how do I know it's you? Visit me in a vision. I'm throwing out a fleece. If it's wet, then if it's dry. And this is where we see Gideon start tearing down idols. His name is changed because he went on a wild idol killing spree. Goes on and, and God sends him to destroy the entire Midianite army. He raises up 30,000 people who say a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And then, but God says, we're going to shrink that army down. And that's where we pick up right here in this story with Gideon. Well, if you're taking notes today, I just want to point out that Judges 6 is a very powerful story. If you go back and read the details and really get into it, you'll understand what we're going to unpack here today. And the first thing that I just want you to be aware of that the enemy is after your identity. Period. He is designed and chosen to kill, steal, and destroy any part of you that is active, living, and dedicated to the Lord. Let's just say that right now. He is after your identity. I don't care if you are so secure. I'm not talking about just sexuality when I'm talking about identity. I say you're called to ministry. Okay, you're going to have fears. You're going to have doubts. You're going to have worries. You're going to have concerns. The enemy is going to try to infiltrate your mind, which is going to become a lie and then something you live out. So I want you to be mindful as we kick this off. He's after your identity. And this is one thing that we pray that every single one of you grasps while you're here at North Central University, that you will do this. Not only seek the Lord, but you will do this. You will get a hold of who you are and whose you are. Because when you understand who you are in Christ, if God is for you, nothing can be against you. If God is for you, he, he is for you. There is nothing that you cannot do apart. You can do nothing apart from him, but with him, you can do anything. So when you understand who you are and whose you are, there's a boldness. And when you are in the word of God, you will soon understand the will of God. How many of you are up against questions that I don't know where I'm going to go? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where God wants me. I don't hear his voice. I don't, I, I don't even know last time I had an encounter with God. When was the last time you were truly alone, one-on-one -on -one with the Lord that wasn't facilitated or designed or orchestrated for you in this church setting? When is the last time that you were in silence saying, God, I want to understand. Teach me how to love you. Teach me how to love you. And when it comes down to your identity and it comes down to your DNA, he has chosen you. And I just want to encourage you that Priscilla Shire says this. She says, idolatry will always be a threat to your identity. What are we idolizing? It can be something so small that turns into something so large later. 
And I don't know if you caught this in Judges 6 when Josiah was reading, but have you ever heard of the word a theophany? I did not learn this at North Central for some reason, but I'm learning it again right now. We can learn together. Theophany. Okay, this is a God sighting. It is the angel of the Lord met with Gideon. Not an angel or just a, a multitude of angels. It was the angel, meaning that it was Jesus. A theophany is an encounter with Jesus. And today's message is just a reminder that when you understand who you are and whose you are, you are an unstoppable force for God's kingdom. Not building your own kingdom, but building God's kingdom in the process. And I want to remind you, I have three pages, but I'm not going to read them all to you, of reminding you who you are. You're not just a royal priesthood. You're not just, you don't have a destiny with the Lord. There are so many things. If you ever get discouraged, I want you to go back to scripture and start finding out the truth of who you are and who God says you are. I am a child of God. I'm a branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. I am a friend of Jesus. I have been justified. I have been redeemed. My old self has been crucified. I am a new creation. I will not be condemned by God. My body is a holy temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells within me. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the the dead, dwells within you. Do you know that? How was, when was the last time you tapped into the Holy Spirit so much that you prayed, Lord, I want my shadow to heal the people that I come across. Lord, I want the power of the Holy Spirit to dwell within me so deeply that when I enter a room, the heavens cheer. Guess what my prayer is? Every single morning, I want you to adopt this. If you are brave enough in the prayer life, when you say, Lord, sign me up for a wild adventure, you have no idea what you're saying. That's okay. But you know what? He does. And this is what my prayer has been. 12 years ago, I adopted this prayer, and it scared me to death when I, after it came out of my mouth. But when my feet touched the floor every single morning, I would pray this. Lord, I want heaven to cheer and hell to shake to know that I'm awake. Why? Because the moment you know who you are and whose you are, you become an extreme threat to the enemy, meaning that the little bullseye that's on your back just became a lot bigger. And when you understand who you are and whose you are in Christ, you are an unstoppable force that cannot and should not be reckoned with. And when the storms of hell try to prevail and try to overcome you, you let God answer that door. So I want you to come back to the scripture. Who does God say you are? Who does Christ say you are? Not culture, Christ. And when you can understand that and you can build that firm foundation, the moment you leave these doors after two, three, four years of being here, you won't have that doubt, that worry, that fear, that concern that the world's going to eat you alive. You're going to say, no, Christ is on my side. Christ is on my side. Just like Gideon, he understood when he said, almighty man of valor, rise up. There's something inside of him that rose up to the occasion that didn't become a little boy hiding in the basement anymore. He was a man who is out to declare war on the people that have been holding his people captive. Preach it, babe. Come on. Let's go. Back to Josiah. (laughs) The point is you are royalty. You have a destiny. You will shake history. That is the point. And when you become a person, the type of person that God can use, you get a hold of who God is, who you are, and whose you are, that you are a child belonging to God. That three key words from scripture are from First Peter, that we may. We don't have to, we get to. This is an honor. Nobody's forced, coerced. This is an honor to serve the name of the king who is worthy. And for me, sometimes what people have said about me, what people have said to me, what people have stolen from me, 
or just a setback in life can throw me to where I go into a season of hiding by choice. And I think there's two types of seasons of hiding. One is where God has you hidden. And the hardest thing, Alicia Bricholi, Dr. ABC, she wrote an amazing book. It changed my outlook on life and ministry. She calls it anonymous. So that is a season where you are anonymous, hidden by God. She describes an iceberg where when you look at an iceberg, like the kind that sank the Titanic, 10% of it is visible 90% of it is beneath the surface. That should be the model of our life. It was Jesus. You look at his ministry, 33 years, well, three were public, 30 were hidden. He was anonymous. So it's okay to embrace obscurity, but what we see is Gideon, he is out there threshing wheat in a wine press. And now I've been to Israel, sent by NCU. It changed my life. One of the things that they're known for is wine presses, also olive oil presses. And you get in there and you, you stomp on it, you step on it, and the best olive oil comes from the pressing, the crushing. And, but that's the use of a wine press. What's crazy, though, is threshing wheat, what we learn is this is meant to be done out in the open. So the chaff blows away, and what remains is good food, good wheat. And so Gideon, he did in private what was meant to be done in public. He went into hiding voluntarily, out of fear, out of an insecurity, out of a worry, out of a doubt. And I developed uh, an affinity for baseball cards as a kid. It's a a rediscovered hobby now. And uh, I have with me, I don't know if you know this, Minnesota star Kirby Puckett. Anybody recognize that name? This, I'll have you know, is a 1989 Donruss Kirby Puckett card. It's got a price tag on it for 50 cents. You'd be lucky to get a penny for it because they printed over 10 million copies of this card. It was during the junk wax era. So, I mean, if you get something like Babe Ruth, man, I saw one just go for $7.2 million dollars. I mean, this is crazy. But then this is more of like, oh, guys have garage storage units, floor to ceiling filled with the junk wax area. It's called a commoner. Anybody want this card? I mean, it's just, I mean, what's the point? And then, is, is there any Vikings fans in the house? Can I get a skull clap? Can I get a little praise God? There's a little bit of difference here. And I'm going to need some help. Can somebody come volunteer? Uh, help me out. Help me out. Give it up for our friend Joshua. What is his name? Jordan Addison. Describe this card. Uh, rookie card. It is beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Joshua. Give it up. So, a little bit different. This is called a leaf metal card. It is autographed by Jordan Nats. Any Vikings fans? I mean, this guy could be the next JJ. If not, W, you know, wide receiver number two. Jordan Addison, rookie, draft pick card from Leaf Metal, autographed. Here's the crazy thing. Stamped on the back is a serial number one of one. This is the only card like this on planet Earth. If I lose the Kirby Puckett card, oh well. If I lose the Jordan Addison card, man, this is the most valuable card I got. We're going to have to have a conversation about this hobby being over. But it's fun. And here's what I think the lies of the enemy, the attacks look like. Your junk wax. Your common. 
You're a common, you're an ordinary from the land of familiar. But then Jesus comes on the scene and you get a hold of who you are and whose you are. And it leads you to the second point, which is you go in the strength that God gives you, the strength that you have. It doesn't need to be their strength. They don't need to appreciate your strength. The haters, the fans, the followers, your friends, your family, whatever, they don't need to understand your strength. It is the strength given from God. It's not your own strength. You go in the strength that he gives you, that God gives you. So the second point, if you're taking notes, is to go in the strength God gives you. This is a type of person that God can use, is the person who doesn't operate and boast in their own abilities or their own talents. They rely solely on the power of God. And in my life, there was a season where I worked at a church, and what's crazy is um, there was something that somebody said about me happened to be the pastor of that church, where he, he said it to me and about me, you're not a very good communicator. I'm not comfortable with your, you in the pulpit, and you know what? You're benched from even doing announcements at this church. 20-something years old, discovered the call of God in my life at North Central, had a moment where God visited me at this place in a dorm dream, I saw tens of thousands of young adults on their knees worshiping the God of heaven. I didn't ask to do this. I had other ideas. I had a moment. It was like a theophany. It was like, I know that I know God visited me in a dorm dream. I had the moment where I know I'm called to preach about the goodness of God in the land of the living and tell the next generations, plural, about the goodness of God, about his marvelous deeds. And I get this moment where I get benched and I go into hiding voluntarily. Crawled in a hole, wasn't sure I'd ever come out. Almost left the ministry. Then I asked this question. When God called me, was it a conference call? Do I expect other people to understand the call of God that's on my life? What if they don't understand it? It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. It's not my strength. I was talking to a friend, Jonathan Pecluda, and JP told me this. He goes, if dependence is the goal, Josiah, weakness is the advantage. You just go in the strength that God's given you. It's not about your strength. So I'm up here with the cold today saying, God, I got to depend on you. Somebody said I wasn't that great of a preacher. So you know what? Holy Spirit, I got to depend not on my strength, but on your strength. It's not about what they said or he said or she said or being valued or appreciating it. It's you go in the strength that God gives you so good oh my gosh and I would say with that just keeping in mind that if God does have you in a season of hiding stay there but if he's asking you to come out we got to come out and just let him fight the battle with and for us and if you're taking notes the third thing we want to talk about if, if is this I just want to say this if you're called to do something crazy in the business world in the medical world in ministry if you're swimming against the, any cultural norm, if you feel misunderstood, if you feel overlooked, if you feel underutilized, welcome to the club. You're not alone, okay? Just know that you are not alone. You are not the only person that feels like that. I've been there. I feel like that. There's bouts where I do feel like that, where I'm like, Lord, am I actually called to do this? Are we actually making a difference? The answer is yes, because when you stay connected to Christ, and guess what? If he said it, he will do it. 
Did we ask for a podcast to be in the top two, five percent? No, we started something for fun because we wanted God to use us. We just said, Lord, here we are. Send us. Lord, here's my time, my gifts, my talents, my treasures. Do what you will in and through me. But you know what? I want to make sure that I'm always connected to you no matter what, because I would much rather be called out by you than just being called out by culture. And if I'm going to have to stand in that gap someday, then Lord, let it be so. But if he said it, he will do it. And we get that from 1 Thessalonians 5.24. This is another version. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also do it. And Josiah already alluded to that. But in the story of Gideon, this does not make sense. God leads Gideon and tells him to shrink the army from 30,000 to 300. So, so this is like the reverse tithe. You know how like people who follow Jesus as a disciple and tithe, they give 10%. God, you get 10%, we get 90 This is like the reverse tithe of that army. Yeah, and I would just say like with those numbers, it doesn't make sense to us in the literal realm, but if God said it, he will do it. He will fight your battles. He is your redeemer. He is your defender. He is and should be your everything. And my prayer is that he takes you back to your first love who is him and should be him. Because we cannot do it in our own strength, but if he said it, he will do it. And with that process, one thing I just want to keep in mind when we talk about this is we have to remain humble in the process. If you're anything like me, you've probably robbed God of his glory at some point in your life. I did it. I got here. I got to, I got to this campus. I passed that test. I landed this job. I, I, I. Guess what? No, God did it. He paved a way in my life where there seemed to be no way. And I'm sure he's done it in yours or he's doing it right now. And when we team up with God, amazing things can happen. But the thing is that we never want pride to creep into our life. We want to be people who are humble, who are diligently serving the individuals that God has placed before us. And C.S. Lewis says it this way. Pride is the sin that made the devil the devil. That is why humility has to be at the forefront of our hearts, our minds, our approach in leadership, our approach in ministry, our approach in mentoring, discipleship, whatever that may be. And let's just make sure that we give God the glory because he is worthy. And guess what? Spoiler alert right here. He is the hero. We are not the hero because we are building God's kingdom and we're helping him. He's using us. He's allowing us to be a piece of the puzzle. And when we recognize that we are not the hero, Gideon was not the hero, even though he was victorious. The only reason why he was able to be victorious is because he teamed up with the victorious one. The victorious one. It is one name of Jesus. It has always been Jesus. It'll always be about Jesus. We have to keep him the center of everything we do. And when we do that, we decrease while he increases. And it doesn't feel good when pride is trying to gloat and our big heads are trying to get through the door. But when we start shrinking down and recognizing, I don't have to serve God, I get to serve God. I don't have to build his kingdom, I get to build his kingdom. I am not the hero, I am not the victim, but the battle has been won and we're still in this war and we get to declare Jesus in and through any and all things that we put our hands to. So that was a spoiler alert, right, Josiah? (laughs) So good. And we're going to invite you to stand just as we close. And we're people of, excuse me, we're people of action at North Central. It's not just about 
talking the talk. It's about where the rubber meets the road. And I just have to testify about the goodness of God in the land of the living and tell the next generations about God's marvelous deeds. And what's crazy, within the past year, we were able to attend an event put on by Chick-fil-A at their um, foundation. I didn't even know Chick-fil-A has a foundation. It's called the Windshape Foundation. Fun fact, it's attached to a college campus, and I love college campuses. The potential in the college campus sets me on fire. They said of John Wesley, they said that the pulpits of England were closed for him. So he went to the fields and preached instead, and he just said at one point, like he just lit himself on fire for the Lord, and men would come from miles around to watch him burn. It's about the fire of God. And at the Windshape Foundation, what was crazy, this land, it was a dairy farm. So we're there, and we had this like epiphany, like, wow, God, I mean, anybody like some Jesus chicken? But here's what's crazy. God literally owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills. This was vast. This was wide. And I'll just click through a few. Have you ever had a moment where you feel like you're stuck? Have you ever been sick of being stuck? Have you ever had a moment where you cried out to God and said like, hey, we need some miraculous provision here. And I was kind of thinking now would be a good time. This has been the last 18 month journey of our life launching young adults today. They say like if you plant a church or if you launch a campus ministry or if you start a nonprofit, one of the tasks you got to do is fundraise. Here's the cool thing. You don't have to go it alone. You go in the strength that God gives you. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills in the hills, but we had done all the calls. We had done all the texts, we had done all the meetings, and we're still coming up short. It was August, a few months ago, and I'm like, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay bills as a family. That afternoon, click, click, click. Like, just things started to take shape. As we reached the end of ourselves, it was just the beginning of God. Our need for provision hasn't gone away, but like, I'll just share a few quick things of what God did. Number one, that afternoon, a board member called and he said, here's 2,500 bucks. That was how much we were short. Then we met with somebody and our ongoing need for ministry we needed was $1,200 a month and uh, shared the need. We had about 20 people that we thought maybe we'd talk to. First guy we meet with, he goes, yeah, sign me up for, for that amount monthly. And I mean, this was a miracle for us. We went out of town to Nashville. We were supposed to meet with somebody that meeting fell through. I'm like, is this a purposeless trip? A last minute breakfast, like somebody slid a miraculous check, not for us, but for the ministry we lead. And we just want to open up these altars so that you can have a theophany here this morning. So you can know that you can have a God sighting. Going to invite you and Mike is just going to pray. And there might be three groups of people. Take them to that place, babe. Yeah, so if you are one of those people who needs and needs to come out of hiding, if you feel like Gideon, you've been hiding from God, you can't stay there for much longer, right? So if, you, if you're one of those people, I want you to come forward. Maybe today you want to start tearing down some idols in your life. There's something that's taking a hold on your, on your heart, on your calling, on your relationships, on your friendships. It can be anything. It can be an addiction. It can be technology. I want you to lay it at the foot of the cross and allow God to heal you and allow him to restore and intervene on your behalf. And maybe you're here today, you just want a word from the Lord. And you want to understand more of who you are and whose you are. And there's a part of you that has been anxious and nervous to surrender. I want to encourage you to come forward. And I want to pray for you. And I believe that God is going to do 
Only what he can do. There's going to be a breakthrough miracle power. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for a friend. Maybe it's for a classmate. Maybe it's for a roommate. Maybe it's for a family member who is not walking with the Lord and you want to see them come to salvation. I want you to be brave to come forward. If there's something inside of you right now, if it's penetrating your heart, There's no shame. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. Only God knows the condition of your heart, but we want you to walk away feeling whole, restored, rejuvenated, knowing that you serve the King of Kings. You serve the Lord of Lords, and there is breakthrough miracle power on the other side of what looks like this gigantic mountain, and guess what? You can't do it alone, and you don't need to do it alone because it has already been done. So God, as everybody comes forward, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would invade this place, that you would invade their hearts, their souls, their mind, that they would find comfort in you and not in comfort in the lives of the enemy. Somebody's here today. You You are believing the enemy. You are taking comfort in the lives of the enemy, and it's time to stop. If that's you, come forward and pray. There's something that you've been believing about yourself that's not true. Or maybe it's guilt or shame that's weighing you down. When there's surrender, there's breakthrough. You can't stay where you are. If you're sick of being stuck, then get up and come forward. God is wanting to do a miraculous work. Yeah. Father God, I just thank you so much for every single person here. God, I pray that you'd break the chains of addiction, that you'd break the lies of the enemy, Lord. God, they have been consuming them, that have been holding them and taking them captive. God, I pray they take refuge in you and they refuse to bow down to whatever has been holding them back. Lord Jesus, that you would invade this place. God, there's no time for games. There's no time for playing. There's only time for surrender and saying, Lord, here I am, send me. Lord, here I am, make me whole. There has to be righteous anger that wells up inside of you to say no more and not here, not anymore, not today, Satan. God is your defender. Lean on him, trust him, believe that he has amazing things for you and do not give up. When the enemy knocks on that door, Lord God, I pray that you are the one that answers, that they do not give up, they do not bow down to the cultural norms, the things that are suffocating them, the pornography that is taking place in their dorm rooms. God, I pray that you delete, that you eliminate, that you erase memories, that you deep, the deep wounds that have taken seed and root in their heart, Lord God, I pray that fruit is ripe and ready to be picked and rooted out and ripped out and filled with joy, love, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God, the fruit of the Spirit would dwell in this place. God, and this is a community that we will not fall alone. And God, when we find ourselves fallen, we get up. What do we do when we fall? We get up. So, Lord God, I pray for every single person here who feels a part of themselves fallen. They find themselves weary. They find themselves in a place of complete and utter surrender. At the end of themselves, God, they get to meet you. So, God, I declare victory in this place. I pray victory over their minds, their souls, their bodies, every single part of their DNA. God, I pray that it is surrendered and bows to you, that mountains fall and demons flee at the mention of your great name. So, Lord God, I pray victory. I pray health from the top of their heads to the tips of their toes. Every single thing about them, Lord God, it would reflect you. 
and everything they put their hands to, that it's honoring and pleasing to you. God, search their hearts. Make them whole. Make them pure. God, I pray for sanctification, that you would make us more like you. Lord Jesus, we are not victims. We serve the victorious one. And because you do, you get to walk in that victory. So God, I just declare victory over every single staff member, every single square foot of this campus, Lord God. Any building, anything that's not pleasing to you, God, I pray that you would come in and sweep it out. I pray a fresh a breath air in the lungs and in the sails of these students, God, that they would know who they are and whose they are, that they would walk out in the strength that you've called them to, that they would come to you with any and all things. Nothing can be hidden from God. You see it all. So God, peel back the layers of our heart. Make us one with you. So Lord, I pray that you would have your way. Make a way where there seems to be no way. Those jobs, those finances, any addictions, any family heritage, things that need to be broke off, Lord God, we declare victory in Jesus' name, that they would feel whole, restored, refreshed. God, we love you. We thank you for letting us serve you. Thank you for being our everything. Take us back to our first love today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.